Welcome, listeners, to a special emergency edition of Tuned In Dial Up. Uh, a lot has happened since we uploaded on Luminary Tuesday, and the, a lot that's happened is Luminary. This episode is going to be entirely about Luminary. Will is not here because Will is justifiably very tired, both <laughs> both in real life and of this topic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Will. It has dominated the industry. So today I I'm I'm Gavin. I should I should be better introducing uh, people. I'm Gavin, and I'm joined today by the wonderful Jordan Cobb. Hi everybody. <laughs> Thank Hi, you for Gavin. joining, Jordan. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so excited to be here, and also, yeah, happy to give Will an opportunity <laughs> to like take a nap. Please take all of the naps, Will. Like my God. So the basic Ugh. the basic like uh, pitch of this was. Jordan was asking what the hell's going on with Luminary. <laughs> and I tunnel vision on things when I when I should be working on something else. So instead of writing the next episode of Standard Docking Procedure, I was just on Twitter, like, scrolling through Nick Qua's feed, like, what's up? Uh, so I effectively have a Charlie Day conspiracy theory wall in my head of everything that's happened. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I think that uh, your message to me uh, pitching this episode was probably <laughs> the the best part of my day. Because here's the thing. I started my morning. Uh, I, I had to be up for work at like 730 this morning. Uh, so it's it's been a day for me. But I sat down at work and I was like, oh, look, Luminary is all over my Twitter feed again. What is going on? So I was already looking up a bunch of things, trying to figure out what was happening, and then I got your message, and I'm, I'm just really happy I get to like indulge in uh, <laughs> in in my imposter syndrome and just be the person in the room going, I don't know what's happening. Somebody explain everything to me. <laughs> okay, so to be uh, so to get this out of the way up front, this is not meant to be us dogpiling on a podcasting company or anyone who makes a show for Luminary. And for anyone wondering, a quick rundown, Luminary is the name of a company that got $100 million in venture capitalist funding and <sighs> got a few pieces in the New York Times about how they are, and this term is used a lot by people who don't actually write about podcasts that much, the Netflix of podcasting with the idea being that they would produce 40 shows, some of which were completely brand new, like Lauren Shippen's The AM Archives, which is a sequel to The Bright Sessions, or a sequel series to The Bright Sessions. And um, there's a Anthem Homunculus, which stars like Tony Award-winning actors. Those are the only two fiction properties, I think. And then the rest are like celebrity chat shows, and uh, they got some popular podcasts, like Russell Brand's show has gone exclusive to Luminary. So there's, it's a mix of like brand new things and shows that have massive backlogs just committing to their new apps are only available to people who pay six ninety nine a month for this podcast app. What has caused a lot of friction is, uh, one, how Luminary has acted in social media and advertisements leading up to the launch, and two, they have a free section because they also want it to be a podcatcher. So the idea is like, what if Podcast Addict had a Stitcher? Actually, I don't even have to come up with a what if. It's Stitcher Premium. What if we just, 
It's what if Stitch? What if we call it what it is? It is. It's just Stitcher Premium. It is a podcast app that listens to podcasts that are free. But if you pay extra, you can get access to things that aren't free. Note: If you go through Luminary's marketing, they they come up with a lot of tiny little goalposts that only Luminary can be the first at. Um, so that no one can be like, but Howl exists. <laughs> <laughs> because Howl technically had stand-up comedy, so you can't say it was specifically for podcasts. Get it? Ugh. Let's just say this whole this whole thing is so complicated. I have a folder open in front of me called Luminary Receipts, which I have been col- which I have been cultivating since this morning. <laughs> we confirmed oh, the show's gonna no. happen. Oh, I'm excited and deeply terrified there's, oh, only, there's yes, only four no. things in it but i started screenshotting stuff i thought might be too spicy Listen, but get a folder deleted. of receipts a folder <laughs> of receipts is a folder of receipts <laughs> so uh jordan what's your like i i don't want to say what's your first question but what's the thing like that hasn't clicked so far about this yeah so it, it does kind of immediately tie into what you were just talking about is that we have you know, we've seen exclusive content available on podcatcher apps It's before. It's it's not anything that's new. You know, Stitcher does it. Spotify does it. So, like, I'm not entirely sure what makes Luminary special. So, Like, what is all the fuss? Is, is it what they're doing or is it the way that they're doing it? Or, like, what what's the big deal? It's the cartoon treasure chest in the corner that has a, a bag, a burlap bag with 100 million written on the side of it inside. Uh. <laughs> because of that 100 million seed money, the whole selling point that they have been putting out is we can pay podcasters a fair rate. They've, this is, I mean, this is worth the ink it's written on, which is none because it was all digital, but <laughs> Lauren Shippen has been open with the, because Lauren Shippen's a fucking boss. The greatest. <laughs> She's been open with the fan base because immediately, as soon as it was confirmed, AM Archives exclusive Luminary, a lot of fans were mega pissed. Like, oh my God, you, the Bright Sessions was free. And then you come out, you you sell out the sequel, blah. So Shippen had to be yeah. like, "Hey, you know those nine exclusive bonus episodes I made after the show is over? Every single one of those cost as much as we made on Patreon. And the Bright Sessions has a thousand people on Patreon, and the lowest tier they have is five bucks. So it is not out. It is not out of turn for me to say the Bright Sessions probably makes about five grand a month, if not more. That's like shipping pays." I think industry rates for voice acting and that is not sustainable for most voice I mean I am nowhere near I can't afford anywhere near that. Yeah, oh god, no, I can't I I I've never seen anything like that at least in podcasting. People don't yeah. do what Lauren does for for voice actors and just creators in general. I have nothing but respect for Lauren maintaining that level of support and like quality to the production, but she has also been open about, hey, Bright Session costs a lot of money. I have never made a profit off the show. And then this company rolls up and says, I I can have complete funding and they won't touch the show. Because that's the thing, if like Stitcher Premium hasn't been, no one who's made a Stitcher Premium show that I can find 
has said, oh, we had complete creative freedom, you know? That just doesn't happen. You're really only going to see stuff like that in startup culture, which is kind of the problem because sometimes startups are great and they revolutionize the industry, kind of like Luminary is claiming. And sometimes that perceived freedom is actually them saying, okay, you know what? We'll get a bunch of creatives together, write them a check. They make whatever the hell, and then we can sell it. And that, I think that a little bit, bit of that's evident in the fact that when you read those New York Times pieces that they may or may not have paid for, uh, they're plugging <laughs> they're plugging Anthem Homunculus by saying the person who wrote Hedwig and the Angry Inge is making this fiction show. And it right. has Tony Award winning actors, but do they mention the AM archives? Hell no. I think one article mentions it offhand and it's obvious it's because the writer knew about the Bright Sessions. <laughs> Yeah, you have to kind of dig to find out that Luminary has any fiction yeah. podcasting, even though I think, because I spoke to Lauren about this a little bit, but I think it's something like 10% of the podcasts that are on their app or the ones that they're trying to build or whatever are fiction or fiction-based. See, it's hard to tell because they don't, like, when you sign up for Luminary, I, I signed up on the, the browser. This might be different on the app, but I think it's not. Um, the first thing you do is you pick your interest, kind of in the same way when you make a Twitter account. It asks you to say, I like entertainment and science, so they can suggest stuff to you. There is a button for audio drama, but that doesn't do anything. There is no, yeah, like, I... it doesn't give you, like, a Netflix-style category on the main page of, like, here's all our fiction. In fact, I think, oh, who was it? Um, Ponders. I think Ponders of a Session tweeted at Luminary, hey, uh, where's all the audio fiction? And Luminary's Twitter account said, just search audio fiction, and that just gives you shows that... Yeah, or no, search (laughs) audio drama, and that just gives you shows that have audio drama in their title. Oh. And this, this leads me to the first big problem. In the original New York Times article, they said they were launching in June. It is April 26th, as we are recording this, and they launched on Tuesday. So they've launched over a month early. Um, As of right now while we're recording this, because I just checked again, the Android version, which is, I have an Android phone, the Android version of the app is still listed as early access. So even though you're going to Luminary's website and clicking on download the app, Technically, you're getting a beta version, which means, which by the way, means whenever you leave a review, it's actually, quote, private feedback that only Luminary can see. So right now you can't rate and review the app on Google Play. I don't know how it's working on iOS right now. I don't know if it's in like a similar beta situation. I should have asked someone about this beforehand. Yeah, I I, I have an uh, an iPhone and I'm looking at it right now. It doesn't say that it's in beta mode or anything like that. It just looks like they've launched it. Ooh, these are, people are not happy in this review section. <laughs> uh, this, I, I'm, I'm kind of doing this out of chronological order, but I, this is the most recent thing I've encountered. They designed the app so that there are buttons that aren't labeled with text, which means the app does not work with Apple's very clearly encouraged accessibility function. You cannot yeah, use a screen reader doing, to uh, use the app. Ugh, so if you, if you can't read the app and you are relying on your phone to do it, which this, which by the way, I am told 
Apple is really like really tells the developers accessibility is key. It's not a feature. It's a function. Yeah. Someone on Twitter said to Luminary on Tuesday when they launched, hey, my screen reader on iOS doesn't work. I can't use it. And they said, oh, this is a feature we're looking into. Check it. Stay tuned. Ugh, it's, they haven't God. said anything since then. Yeah, I... um. They had uh, when they were doing that response to um, to Pod News earlier. Oh, that response, by the way, was a lot. But we'll, we can we, we, we can, can get talk to that. into that in a second. But yeah, no, I saw somebody in the comments was also like, "Hey, still having this accessibility issue." Dead silence from Luminary. But they they don't seem to be a very you know accessible app in general. I mean, with the God, I don't even know where to start how do we begin to tackle this but with the um truncating the show notes and stripping the links and people losing their transcripts uh from that and losing the ability maybe you should start on that one but okay yeah. so as you <laughs> there's said a lot i mean that's unpack. that's basically it um there's lots of talk about they downloaded every show from itunes or they scraped iTunes in October of last year and used mm-hmm. that to kind of build the framework. And in scraping it, they used something to like take out all the links. Every podcast, their show notes, all the formatting and the HTML embeds to links, gone. That is, that is destructive to the free side of the podcasting industry. Because, yeah. I mean, even if you discount stuff like referral links, like no more, you can't join my, if you, like the the show notes for T dude, there's a link to my Discord that I've never updated. Sorry, <laughs> there's a link to Will's Discord, which is really good and has a wonderful like family community in it. Uh, there's a I think there's a link to our show notes in it. I think. Yeah, there is usually. Yeah, those are gone, and that sucks for us. But then there are people who produce shows that provide full transcripts at launch and link to those transcripts for accessibility issues and link to content warnings on the podcast website. And those yeah. links are just gone. Yeah, that really spooked me when I when I read your um when I read your article. Um because I'd read about, you know, them going through and scraping people's um feeds and things like that. And I, you know, I went and I checked and I was like, okay, everything's there. You just can't click links and it's yeah. this massive wall of text. And then I read the thing about the... Yeah, they're, they're reporting entire paragraphs that had a link in it, just gone. Yeah, I thankfully, you know, with Giannis, didn't run into that. But they said content warnings were gone. And I was like, oh, wait, who we got to go check that yeah, immediately. Because that's... that's... Yikes, because you can do some real damage. Like, losing transcripts is horrible. But, like, yeah. you can do some serious psychological damage to somebody. Yeah, you can. If you lose content warnings like that. And that's the thing, like, the the way the industry currently exists, we've reached a point where uh shows like Marsfall will say in the beginning, like, because this is a real because this is a somewhat realistic representation of life in space, things get really bad, content warnings, and a lot of fiction shows specifically will push you to there is some stuff that happens in this episode to avoid spoilers. Check out our full detailed content warnings on our website linked yeah. in the description. Could you imagine if YouTube just took away links from the description 
Uh, no, nope. the internet would explode overnight. Loot crate would go out of business, thankfully. Uh, <laughs> this this <Aww>. this <laughs> this indicates a. Uh, I don't have a problem with loot crate. I have a problem with pe- all the people advertising with loot crate. So I guess that is a problem with loot crate. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. So there's. I have an article open in front of me. Ri- article. I have a screed written by Matt Sachs, CEO, I think, of uh, Luminary. It was posted on April 22nd as a sort of, like, hype generator to get everyone, like, eh, it's tomorrow. Uh, it's titled, A Sustainable Approach to Uplifting the Podcast Ecosystem. And a lot of it's self-aggrandizing crap. Like, at one point, he just, he claims oh, is this the, the Medium post? Yeah, this is the Medium post that at uh, one point yeah. claims there are approximately 50 podcasts with over 100 million listeners art sound yeah okay buddy uh that is not sourced i asked for a source from luminary on twitter and haven't heard jack back yet how about that that's me surprise this is me being snarky he explains how cpm works uh the podcast with three advertisements per episode at 25 dollars per thousand impressions and a 75% sell-through rate for ad inventory would generate an annual revenue of $225,000 with 100,000 listens. What magic world do you live in, Matt Sachs? Yeah, it's it's a lot of really big, really pretty talk. It's really pretty talk, but most people who are probably listening to this right now, who are probably, you know, more on the actual player audio fiction side of things, we're not seeing those kinds of numbers. And if you are seeing those kinds of numbers, you're not running three ad breaks that get you 25 bucks per thousand. Yeah, no, I, I, no, you're simply not. <laughs> I'm flashing back to when I was at PodCon last, or this, this did not been a year since PodCon. How about that shit? It, That's how I know, it time feels goes. like it's been a year. I got wow. into the Roman Mars creator chat, so I was sitting literally next to Roman Mars while he's reclined in his chair, legs crossed, and he just casually <laughs> says, yeah, um, what Trump can teach us about Constitution laws, it's a, it's a little show, it gets about 100,000 an episode in the first month, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Oof. Ugh. And then Matt Sachs is throwing that around casually. But the thing, I, the thing I got really off track from, the thing that strikes me about this is kind of systemic of how luminary as a company presents itself in that they say they are going to revolutionize the industry they are the netflix of podcasting they're going to change everything they have this free side of the app so that you the listener can just adopt luminary and whether you pay or you don't pay you can come to you can use them but as like i wrote a review first thing on the 23rd of the app. Like I specifically wrote it divorcing all of the like sassy things they've said on social media, which we'll get into in a minute. Um, and just reviewed the app as a podcatcher. Cause they've been saying over and over, this is a podcatcher app. They didn't use that term. And that's kind of the problem because luminary acts like they're here to serve the industry, but it, it, it is shockingly re- like apparent that they have not put the due diligent research into what the community wants or expects because the yeah. app the app launched with without the ability to manually add an RSS feed. So if I support something on Patreon and it has a bonus feed, I get an email with an RSS link. I can then copy that link and paste it into Pocket Casts, into Podcast Addict, Overdrive or whatever the app whatever the iOS ones are called uh and it will just 
it will see that it's an RSS link and pull down the feed. And if it's a valid feed, then I just have my, you know, Patreon stuff on my phone. Right, but Luminary... You can't do that on Luminary. Won't let you do that. And the thing with... So, Netflix of podcasting, we have heard that term... Several for times. For many, many a year, and it's... Uh, it's It seems to be a term that kind of has a bit of a viperous chokehold. Yeah, it's a, it's a dark it's, shadow it's, that hovers over anyone who dares use it. It's a kiss it. of death statement. It seems that like anyone who says, ah, I will be the Netflix of podcasting three months later, you're like, y- you were the who of what now? Where have you gone? Therein lies the problem, because when you make that claim as a company, you announce to Spotify and iHeartMedia and... Um, that your competition. <laughs> you announce, not only am I competition, I'm not just moving in and we're going to all float together and all that crap, but I'm going to move in and destabilize, and you are Blockbuster, I am Netflix. Fuck you, buddy. Yeah, and that's not how a lot of the podcasting community works. That works that works in in television that sadly kind of is how you know the the literary world works but that's yeah. not how podcasting i've noticed you know of the many creative endeavors that i've dove into headfirst uh you know it has a very you know all ships rise together i've i've heard that i have heard actual members of like real companies say that about podcasting that we are a you know we all try to do this thing together as much as humanly possible and i know not all companies actually mean that when they say it but it is the the overriding sentiment that we're in this together and it feels like they've got this because there's one good thing at the core of it and it is we got all this money hey creatives take this money go make a thing for us Yes, and that it is It feels like that... old school movie making, like in in like back when you could have an indie studio. <laughs> oh man, yeah, this is unprecedented. This is something that has to my knowledge never happened before, and it's incredibly rare for people to just like give you money to do the thing that you love cuz yep. hey, that's not how the world works. That's not and, how anything works. And in an alternate reality, they weren't a dick when they first got on the scene. Because the first thing yeah, that gets... Yeah, they didn't... Ooh, I've mentioned body. this on TDU before, so sorry for anyone <laughs> I'm, I'm retreading ground on, but just to quickly nope, touch on that. please do it that. again, because it's my favorite. <laughs> so to quickly touch on this, um, when Luminary launched, one of their very first tweets, and I say it's like their first or second tweet on their account, was a, a cute little totally branded GIF... Uh, that said, listening to podcasts on Luminary, it, it, it was listening <laughs> to podcasts on anything that's not Luminary is like, colon, inferring that the punchline can be swapped out because it, it really looked like they were gearing up to post oh, a yeah, lot they of were, these. Oh yeah, they had that ready to go. Is like sexting on a fax machine. <laughs> and one, the joke, one, the joke doesn't hit. Like, I get what you're getting at, but... No, I'm sorry. Yeah. I think that's hilarious. Listening, it's still up. Uh, listening to podcasts on any other app is uh, nothing, and then it's written in, is like using a, sec- a fax machine to sex, and then it goes, Luminary. Don't get stuck in the past. Look forward to hashtag Luminary. Uh, oh. And then four tweets later is the, um, with big stars and paid subscription, Luminary aims to be the Netflix of podcast on the New York Times. Uh, 
Yeah. Luminary then <laughs> tweeted uh, about a week and a half or two weeks later, the damn bunny. So there's that bunny sign meme where it's like an it's a ASCII bunny holding up a protest sign and you change what's in the sign to be whatever you're like, you're having the cute bunny protest or try to say. Mm-hmm. They said podcasts don't need ads. Which, and- if you listen to podcasts or, hey, <laughs> if you make a podcast, yeah. uh, you know that that is a blatantly untrue fact. Because um, here's the thing. That's how um, it works. That's just how it works. That's just how it works. And Now, the from their about- perspective, I get it. <laughs> I get it. They're Netflix. Well, because they're giving people money to make podcasts. Yeah, their I mean, whole the, deal the is we pay for it. Here, you give me six ninety nine. I give you a show with no ads. That's I think what they it's mean. Seven ninety nine, isn't it? It's yeah. It, and they are. They, they meant to say that, but what they meant, they turn around and said, "Is hey, all you other podcasts that aren't the forty we paid for, fuck you." Which is a great way to. Uh, immediately piss off literally anybody who makes a podcast that tweet got ratioed to hell and back you know they paid it was that was a rough day that yeah what it was a rough week they ended they ended up deleting it and then um posting an apology which by the way luminary apology yeah, the other thing is Luminary loves to communicate by writing stuff in heavily, like, on-brand with the coloring and everything messages so that it, there's no text. It's just an image that you read, which makes it even worse for people who use screen readers. Like, Yeah, it doesn't help. Just just write things. You're not a celebrity taking a screenshot of your note app because you got something longer than 280 characters. Like, you can figure this out. <laughs> Although I will say... Mark Sachs having to say the bunny put a foot in our mouth. Yeah, that was quite possibly one of the greatest sentences that I got to read today. And wow, I got to read a lot of sentences today. So a basic breakdown of some of the scary things that have happened this week. So it launches um, after all the dickish attitude on social media. There's already some bad blood among people about Luminary. But so when Luminary is being a jerk, to the community on social media, I'm still like, well, maybe, maybe just maybe the dev team made a good app, you know? Yeah. And that's the question because so, you know, I guess this kind of ties into my next question, which is, was sparked by another one of the articles that I read. And I'm not even going to pretend I remember which one it was. I will probably post some sort of Twitter thread with all of these in them at some point, probably mm-hmm. Tuesday seems appropriate. <laughs> um, But so Netflix started their platform with, you know, they had, uh, they, they basically, once they switched away, moved away from, you know, the whole, we're going to mail you DVDs that we yeah. will literally never see again. Yeah, because when Netflix started, it was the best place to watch old movies. Yeah, so they had, you know, they made something where all of the things that were on there were titles that you knew and trusted that had a fan base curated exactly it's a curated um it it was relevant and it was convenient and it was something that had never been seen before and there was no competition Mm -hmm. so unfortunately because of where we are in the podcasting world there isn't going to be an app that's going to be you know that revolutionary no so what about 
luminary, you know, if I'm using Apple Podcasts, if I'm using um, uh, any other podcatcher app, like literally any of them, Mm -hmm. why would I make the switch? Because they have season two of A Very Fatal Murder from Onion that that's exclusive to Luminary. Like, I mean, that's the 40 shows is what they're selling you on. But then they but they don't have all 40 of them up yet. They don't actually. Yeah. A lot of them launch uh, May 11th for the AM archives. And And there's only one episode of that. (laughs) Yeah. That's the thing, like, they, they seem to have launched into an open beta because they said they were coming out in June. They come out on the 23rd. A lot of, you can't in, you can't add RSS feeds manually. They said they are, quote, exploring that. You can't import, I think it's called an OPML. It might be an OMPL. There is a specific Letters. type of file. It is a four-letter file that you make of your subscriptions <laughs> in podcast apps that you can then you know restore your subscriptions if you like you know just want right, to have a backup you can't re-download all of your subscriptions into this i app. have 200 plus subscriptions as a podcast reviewer and a person who likes podcasts i am not adding every single damn one to luminary which then dooms luminary to just be the app where those 40 shows are and i'm not going to listen to a lot of them like props to russell brand whatever he's doing or whatever trevor no trevor noah is doing like have fun uh that like why even have the free part because not only are they not delivering the 40 shows they promised they're not delivering a free podcast listening uh, ecosystem that is good for either the listener or the creator uh as soon as they launch or before they even launched spotify pulled everything all gimlet shows um yeah. anything anything hosted on anchor Hey, uh, Gavin, editing here, uh, because this story refuses to stop evolving. The morning after we recorded this, Stitcher and PRX have pulled from Luminary since we recorded this, which means, like, no Radiotopia shows at all, which is just, uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, so let's see, um, Joe Rogan Joe Rogan pulled the next day after I wrote my my first review. (laughs) The Daily was gone day one. So all of Gimlet, all of Spotify, Parcast, um, so really big names have been rapidly jumping ship in the past four days. Four days. It is, it is Friday. This launched on Tuesday. And today, like three or four more shows just went like, nope, peace. And a bunch of indie shows as well. Um, and a lot of people are citing that there's been this thing where essentially they started um when you click on listening to a show on luminary on the app or on where the web browser or whatever they run the show through a proxy server yeah where they have either they say they're not saving or caching or downloading your shows but eh, who can say what's actually going on anymore see here's the huge problem Several nerds have either educated guessed it or have had come or have pulled the data and figured it out and have explained it properly. But so many people are so fucking mad about this that they are just taking the first thing they see and running with it. There is still an article up called uh, something along the lines of Luminaries Rehosting Podcast, which is what's. 
Stitcher did when Stitcher launched because Stitcher's whole deal was it was a streaming app. So yeah. the thing mm-hmm. they got in trouble for was they were re-hosting shows and then lowering the bit rate to make it a smaller data package so streaming wasn't as data heavy and it made shows sound like ass. Uh, and they never got permission to do that and it fucked up people's... um, It, it really fucked up people's different um uh stats and that's the thing that was happening with luminary as well they weren't from what i understand of reading several different people's explanations they weren't necessarily just copy and pasting a file into a server permanently but it was they would make a copy that just kind of lived there in the middle space in one of their 170 proxy servers around the world and then whenever you want that show a new listener wants that show they send the um they send their file to the uh, app and then they ping where it came from and say hey they just got another one so it's kind of like the best of both worlds of because their claim was the proxy server system delivers shows faster especially shows from smaller podcast hosts that have less bandwidth that kind of makes sense but also we've proven that what luminary doing that t- turns it from i am in germany and i use uh ios and i'm using podcast addict which is all usable information for people who have advertising clients to book and it turns it into i use luminary yeah and And that's all the data you get and also it it does this thing because you know oh sirens sorry new york city (laughs) living (laughs) um the podcast police are here Oh, God, what have I done? Listen, it's time. I've been arrested so many times. Agent Cobb, you've been selected. (laughs) No, I think it's, Jordan, get back in your cell. You know what you did. (laughs) So you use these proxy servers, and there are only, like, you know, 170 of them located around the world. But every single time somebody new clicks on your show, it's just going to register as one of these IP addresses. Yep. Um... And that's going to mess up your stats because, you know, it's saying, oh, it, it's going to be counted as the same person downloading an episode yep. multiple times yep. as opposed to multiple people downloading, downloading. the episode. Yeah. And my, the best analogy I could come up with to kind of divorce it from the internet side or the, the, the coding side of it is imagine you run a bar and you have a stage and that stage is where you put ads in your podcast and the acts that you book on that stage are the ads. So you decide what bands you want on that stage to draw people into your show and make you into your bar to make money until, and you, you figure that out by using the data you collect from the people in the bar until one day, no one comes in the bar except one dude with a smartphone. And then he walks up and says, 57 people watched my live stream of the band you booked. And that's it. That's what Luminary was doing. They were effectively just taking away all usable data. And they say that they have changed this. But again, they said, oh, you know, we're making changes so that this won't happen anymore. But they did not state what changes they were implementing. Everything is always every single time. It's we're looking at this new feature. We're going to make changes. They're exploring it or looking at it. Yeah, it's it's. Or There's we a lot have of... made these changes. We're not going to tell you what they are, though. Have fun guessing. I get it from a PR perspective. You don't make promises. You don't. You never tell someone a date unless it is one thousand percent for sure. But Speaking from a updates, why do you think they moved it up? Sorry, no. Finish your thought. That's the thing. That I don't it, like. It's not like Lauren Shippen stormed into Sax's office and went, 
Show's done. <laughs> launch oh it. Oh my god, I would launch have it paid now. S- Hits a button. That's not. That's I would not. have paid a hundred million dollars to witness that. That's all I want. <laughs> my conspiracy theory about this is they realized, hey, we're never gonna make a perfect app, especially since we're just hiring people to do this. Mm-hmm. How about we put it out as an open beta, and let all the hate come in, and we sort out all the free feedback we get from twitter and then by june when all the all the stuff is ready and all of our like print ads are ready to go and all the like terrestrial radio ads we've booked with our hundred million dollars i suspect in june there will be a if luminary is still around there will be a huge marketing push with all 40 shows ready to go with many shows having multiple episodes out yeah does luminary put ads on your free show. This is a thing that has confused I'm so many people. Really? Yeah, I'm so confused. I thought I knew what was happening. Okay, so I have listened to three things on Luminary that are free, and I did not hear Luminary bake an ad into it that was not already there from the creator of the show. That said, they use very weird yeah. phrasing. Um, this is from their response to Pod News. Ooh, Pod News is a whole other kettle of fish because that was yikes. Because that was something I was confused about. Luminary's free tier does not host or rehost or cache podcasts. Podcasters receive 100% of the ad revenue from all listens on the Luminary app. We welcome all podcasts on our free tier. What does that, that mean to you? That to me sounds like they're. It sounds like they're pulling like a radio public and putting ads on your show right but at least radio public pays me to do that radio public has the youtube thing where you are paid ad revenue for that and let's be honest every now and then radio public doesn't have that many ads books so it's just phoebe judge (laughs) being nice to you Uh, sometimes you just need somebody to be nice to you and the way i read this it is they are saying it feels like a game of fucking 3d chess is happening where the person who wrote this at luminary thinks i the podcaster assume that if my show is on luminary i have to give them a a portion Mm. of my ad revenue so this is them trying to head that off at the past being a good guy and saying oh no you, you get you get to keep everything but that's not how it works for anybody which just ties back into they did not look into this community at all yeah before they started in it i just it yeah um it also the thing we're reading let's talk about that for a second um pod news posted uh luminary removes proxy server disguises a- app user agent truncates show notes and it's a it's a newsletter from pod news and the preview image says not a very good <laughs> week it's in luminary yellow it's using their font it's it's adorable using a proxy to request podcast breaking stats and dynamic advertising truncating show notes and removing donation links incorrectly crediting podcasters using the wrong yep. information we'll get on that in a second uh disguising podcast downloads made by the app and rss requests increasingly deserted by large podcast producers that's what pod news's thing says and yes those are all very negative sounding yeah those are because they're the facts facts. (laughs) and then luminary said they say hey at pod news let's have a constructive conversation without allegations of bad faith our response is below and then it's a pissy bullet point list of like oh we Prior to the 302 redirects, we did give you all the data. They didn't. 
the free tier gives you 100% of your ad revenue, whatever the hell that means. We worked with multiple major hosting providers to develop and settle on this plan, which we believe addresses the various issues that have been raised, and we shared a transparent timeline for implementation. These changes have been made, are being tested, and will become visible following the standard App Store submission cycle. Yeah. <sighs> it's... They got passive-aggressive with Pod News, and that turfed out hard. It got six likes, four retweets, one of which is from Pod News, 26 replies, including oh, Paul man. Bay, yeah, nicest man was, in podcasting. Like, oh, all right, then. When you disappoint Paul yeah. Bay, you Ooh. fucked up, my man. Like, yeah, and uh, <laughs> earlier, or I guess later uh, today, like a couple hours later, uh, Pod News tweeted... Obviously, yeah. in the next pod news, we'll be covering the latest at here luminary news about proxying your audio, what it means, is it bad, etc. We'd note that the only comments from their PR company to us have been telling us off. A tone-deaf, dim company which deserves yep. all it's getting. If anything, it highlights VC money being oh. poured into podcasting without any understanding of the industry. At Here Luminary appear to have nobody working there with any podcasting pedigree and no attempt to reach out to those that do. Yep. Experience counts in this space. Just remember that pod news is opinion free. <clears throat> As you were. Yeah, uh, actually, while we've been talking, they've oh responded God, directly to the tweet. Uh, hi, at, hi, at Luminary, we've not alleged bad faith. No intention to refute all your points, but link contains how or how show notes display with links on the majority of podcast apps that's the other thing luminary's been claiming they pulled links because Which of like, security what? concerns because they're worried podcasters are going to insert malicious code or some I, shit with their patreon know. links I took a whole class on coding and i still don't know how to code trust me you're fine luminary you're fine well, he here's the other thing. In today's internet, every every single company knows that with all it takes is one link and you're responsible for it. So if one asshole links one illegal thing, then there goes Luminary uh, into lawsuit hell. I understand where that comes from, but also it's not a problem in the industry and you can set up filters to take yeah, out shady and, links. And you can have links on literally every single other podcatcher app. As Pod News says... There's no reason why you should remove links from either the web or the apps. And your response seems to say that Google Play Store, App Store has an approval process. It doesn't. We welcome a constructive discussion. Our industry deserves a greater partner in Luminary. Now, the one thing I will say here is I think Luminary used the term App Store when they... I think Luminary means the iOS mm. App Store, not the Google... Because the Google one you can roll out right immediately. It's Technically, it's not even released yet. So the thing about this redirect has ca caused what is unfortunately a section of this discussion where I'm going to kind of defend <gasps> Luminary. Shocking. Uh, not unfortunately. I'm going to defend Luminary a little bit here. As I said earlier and on Twitter, it's fun to be a dick when you've been given a license to be a dick because right. the other person was a dick first. But this redirect uh, first people were just saying they're re-hosting your show like stitcher did back in the day that pissed a lot of people off that started an almost meme of people sharing a screenshot of the template you should send luminaries copyright division to division email checked by oh, the same person God. who's doing the I pr probably want to send uh, a whole bottle of whiskey this has been a rough week yeah you email copyright 
Yeah, it has been because you email copyright at here luminary and say, take my show down. I'm the person who owns the show, blah, 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 blah. You say some things and then they uh, take your show off. Some people got super pissed at luminary because one person asked to be taken off and luminary sent back this long bullshit list of things that here's all the reasons why you mm. should stay. Uh, and that person just was like, no, I want my show taken off. So not only have some big hitters in the industry removed their content from the free side of Luminary, a lot of independent creators have, and some large people have in the er, some large people have stuck around. Yeah, like BBC is still hosting with them. I think we've still got a couple of yeah other some heavy hitters. Here's a fun fuck up: they are pulling from the iTunes account yes! owner instead of the per the the assigned creator of the show <laughs> in the iTunes data. So. Our fair city is being produced just by yeah. Jeffrey Gardner, as if it's yeah. That's just kind of one of my Jeffrey. favorite things. Um, uh, Gabriel Urbino was the one who first pulled my attention to that, and I I kind of downloaded Luminary solely to check and see if that was what was happening with Giannis descending. I will say it was kind of a nice little ego boost. Like, yes, it was all me. I did it on my own. You know, there was. There, there's no Anthony. There's, there's no Julia Shavini. No Daryl Banner. Carol Keene. No, uh, Karen Keene. What? No, no, no. It's, it's all None me. Of them. It was I. I have done it alone. But like, oof! It's just not true. <sighs> it's just not true. <laughs> so your link, your links are fucked. People aren't the your studio or the group of people who made a show. Are not fair credit. Uh I mean, at this point, they might as well just switch artwork with oh, different don't, shows don't, randomly, don't like the Grinch in that post office scene. Don't put that into the universe. You'll open it tomorrow, and you'll be like, "Huh, this is really interesting. I didn't, I didn't know that." And again, that I do had the same show art as Farmer. Again, again, none of this feels malicious. It it feels maliciously. <sighs> I'm trying to trying to figure out a word. It feels like they're asleep at the wheel or not considering things. It's not that they're like rubbing their hands together about, oh, we saved all this money doing this. Ha <laughs> uh, Yeah, that's a great evil villain laugh, and I may have to hire you for that one. It's um, just, just a Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. This is what happens when you watch way too much. It's always sunny. Oh, uh, man. But Listen, I've been watching being, too much Sopranos, so I feel you there. <laughs> people had, have legitimate reasons to be upset with Luminary about how their content that they work very hard on is being represented. But some people I've noticed on social media have been directing their anger either at people who signed on to create exclusive stuff for Luminary, which is not fair. It's bullshit. I've seen, and the thing, uh, there was someone on Reddit who was lashing out at Lauren Shippen over the screen reader thing. <sighs> say, and I was like, hey, I posted this long thing about the, the, the Bright Session's really expensive to make. They never made any money off of it. Wouldn't, I mean, any creator ever would sign, would sign that check. Yeah. Because oh, what's, absolutely. because what's the worst that can happen? Luminary farts in a, into its grave and then it's dead. And then you, who owns full copyright of the thing, can just rehost it somewhere else. Exactly. Plus, you got paid to make it. That doesn't change on the other end of that. There are people who think ads were being hosted on... I saw one person demand from Luminary the, the money from the ads they ran on their show in two days. That, oof. 
as if, as if like not only was Luminary running ads on their show, but obvs these ads were pulling down mad money in the two in the two or three days that Luminary's been up. You know, because we all make so much to scads and scads of money. Also, be- also because ad companies pay out every two days, right? Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, you know, the, you you even you know they they put ads on my stuff on Radio Public. I get yeah. like three cents from that. So it's, you know, you're fine. You you really want yeah. your three cents in two days? Okay. But, like, come on now. <laughs> Here's a check. <laughs> is, that, uh, is that really going to make or break your show that you've already and that, spent and th- God only knows how much money on? I will say that person was corrected and then turned around to say this I, this tweet storm wouldn't have happened if Luminary was clearer about how things are, rep- are, are how ads work on their platform. Yeah. As a journalist, I knew way too much. So at the time, I was like, wow, this person's really flying off the handle. But that thing we read from the Pod News response is confusing as hell if you don't know what's actually happening and that's your first interaction with it. Hell, like, I'm just thankful. Um, Nick Qua's piece, which is titled Scrolling Up, How Luminary's Messy Debut Ended Up Roiling the Podcast Industry. This is somewhat of a full timeline from Qua uh, on Vulture. And I only say somewhat because stuff has happened since he wrote it. When, and when was that written? Just for, uh, just to make me smile. 2.51 PM. Oh, today. Okay. That, Oh, Oh yeah. <laughs> the fact that stuff has happened since then. It does not include the pod news, um, bad faith thing, which, well, it, it yeah. That put a real bad taste in my mouth about how th- this company has been a dick on social media before. That bad faith accusation terrified me because it feels a lot like when certain politicians in today's America mm-hmm. decide they don't like the look they have, so they just claim the opposite and expect their fan base to back them up on that falsity being true. Yeah, uh, and, and blaming the other person for things that are, one... Not the worst thing in the world. Like, we can we can look at all of this, and the thing is, it's been a very bad week for Luminary, so I can completely yeah. understand why their PR person, social media manager, is getting snippy. Because it's I, and that it's And that hard. one person needs a break. Because it's one person. person. A, we can bet money on that, right? A break and a mojito and just, oof. Like, all of the naps and a lot of good vibes. I'm sending good vibes to the social media manager of Actually, of Ponders tweeted tweeted at here Luminary and said, hey, you, yeah, the person yeah. running that account, go take a nap. Yeah. Surf it. Like, they, Ponders is one of the, the, one, the one person who's been nice to at here Luminary on Twitter. Uh, yeah, because they're doing Twitter. a really hard thing that, you know, it's not their fault that things are... That They've been put in the firing line. Exactly, that they, they have been left alone. To face the firing hey mom. squad. Hey mom, yeah, it's me, uh, Jim. I got, yeah, I got the job. This awesome new podcast company <gasps> gig. I get to run their Twitter. Jim, no. Jim's Jim, probably no. In, in college. Jim's an intern, guys. Oof. Like, let's let's think about that. Let's think about because it's very easy. That's how social media management works. Is some people just get put into real shit situations, and I feel bad for that person. But also, Luminary's ad, um, not ad, social media presence has been one: we are the sh- the sun shines out of our ass, and two: isn't podcasting kind of lame? 
And they also, you know, they say, oh, the sun shines out of our ass. But right now, as of, you know, it's 1030 on Friday, April 26th, where I am, they don't have the material. They do not have the physical product to back that statement up right now. And they could easily. All of these things that we have been pointing out are very, very fixable. But coming out the gate with all of this... And coming out the gate with the snark and, you know, just diving headfirst into this community that they don't it's seem not, to It's understand. not a good way to... It's not a good way to make waves. Yeah. It's not a good way to make waves. And I know it's the whole, like, you know, all press is good press. That is not true. <laughs> that is not true, honey. The North remembers, you know? like <laughs> Ooh, The North remembers and the North gets pissed off and rises up out of its grave and does you a murder. Sorry. <laughs> Their biggest issue right now, the thing that has just consistently across the board, the problem with Luminary is clarity. We don't have any clarity. We don't know what's going on. And so every time something new happens, everybody gets, you know, worked up into a tizzy. I, God, I just sound so old. <laughs> worked up into it. I just want people who make things to get paid fairly. Yes. And so they can continue to make that. the things. That's, that's the thing is that they are doing a really incredible thing that we have never ever seen before. But the way that it is being presented to us and the way that we are getting information is incredibly confusing. If people had clarity and if they were just upfront about things and frankly just you know womaned up grew a pair of ovaries and like yeah. took control and just said like hey we have messed up on these things here are a series of steps that we are going to take to continue to grow and make this better but god fucking help me if you use the phrase we hear you yeah Ugh. yeah that's the thing it feels like, like I, I said none of so this is malicious none of this is malicious but they don't know who they're talking to yeah it, like it feels like in Mad, like in Mad Max Fury Road, uh, Tom Hardy is on the is the blood bag on the front of the guy's car. Like he's basically human body armor for the car. You know, like you do. It feels like they've got forty people surrounding the building, holding hands, making these shows, and they are body armor for Luminary, the company. Yeah, and here's the thing: is that the podcasting community doesn't stand for that that we don't do that to one another we don't use each other as human body armor that's just not how this works i want the am archives i want anthem i want love and radio and whatever the hell trevor noah's show and the queer eye guys show and all this other shit i want them to be able to do the thing they want to do i mean the celebrity chat shows are cash in sometimes and not really passionate project but yeah the only the only person i don't want her to do is lena dunham the only thing that i don't yeah. want her to have that she's the only one literally everybody else do what you want i will i will walk up to lauren shippen and i will give her my eight dollars <laughs> i will physically lauren come find me at the next PodCon. i will just hand you eight dollars i but heard like, somewhere oh hannibal Buress has a podcast on there i haven't seen fucking hide nor air of it, it <laughs> listen that's because searchability is not a thing but oh yeah, I actually did. I actually counted um five of their forty shows 
weren't on like the the front page of luminary on my phone like when i scrolled through the premium and the coming soon mm. uh the math added up to not 40 <laughs> and there's yeah. no like button to say like go to the premium zone yeah that's it's another just... thing that they should you know just searchability but again they're technically in beta somebody will yeah. have point several somebody's have probably already pointed this out to their poor jim to poor poor jim now, I will say Stitcher pissed a lot of people off. Stitcher has uh, funded some really good shows, including, Bun I think, Bundyville was Stitcher Premium, Wolverine the Long Dark. Yep. EOS Ten jumped to Stitcher Premium instead of using... <laughs> okay, e EOS Ten paywalled their first season which of an audio drama, which is has a running plot, which I find to be the... I loved that show. The I worst so idea angry. to paywall your first season, but... <sighs> but the money was good enough. That was one of the first shows I ever listened to. Really? It it was, yeah. It was like that Wolf 359 Penumbra podcast, but that was one of the very, very first audio dramas that I ever listened to. It was one of the shows that got me into podcasting. And Wow. Yeah, and then they did that, and it, it was like a knife in my chest and in my back at all at the there same were time. so many people on there's so many people on reddit and twitter hurt. wondering where the hell it went that yeah just hurt but the thing is they the check was obviously good because every season up until then had been very successfully crowdfunded on kickstarter yeah so whatever stitcher was paying was, was a lot was more money i can't fault them for it you know because it's yeah. it's one of those things where you know you do what you have to to, to make the things that you love. And I will never begrudge an artist for, you know, doing what they... It, it's why I got so angry when, you know, all the news about Luminary first came out and Lauren was saying that, you know, they'd paywalled the AM archives and I didn't even have to read anything that anyone had said to her. I saw her Tumblr post and I just got angry. Because you know what's happening. Because I, mean... I knew. Because I knew. Because we all the internet, we read that. The and internet know loves to be negative about shit. Exactly. And it, it, I just got angry, like viscerally upset. And the, the whole tweet was originally me, you know, texting Sarah from Girl in Space just in a rage. And, and I will never, ever begrudge an artist for making what they love. Especially if someone is giving them one of those incredibly rare opportunities to do it. Because I'm sorry, not everybody can afford to do what we love. Yep. It's that's the hard thing is that Luminary is on the on the really, really bright side, doing something that no one else, you know, that I've I've been saying this, but people don't do this. People don't give hands up like this. And that it's gone really badly as a launch. But you know, with a little more clarity and a little more focus, this could be a really good potential avenue that it's really not working right now but on the other hand like jesus i mean thank you for giving lauren and the atypical artists this opportunity to do something like this because yep. who else was going to like i don't have that and kind you know of money what? laying around i'd do it if i had that kind of money laying around but i don't and you know what i never would have considered a second season of a very fatal murder but given how much has happened in the true crime scene since the first season of that mm. I'm a, I and the fact that um, American Vandal was canceled because Netflix is a, because a monster. Netflix. 
Do we yeah. want to be that Netflix of podcasting? Do we? <laughs> welcome to welcome to Netflix, where we pay for fifty shows, advertise one of them, and wonder why any of the other ones get no attention. <laughs> hey. Anyway, the positive side here is, except for the show notes thing, which I doubt they'll fix oh, they anytime have soon. To, well, that they don't have to, but like I don't see God, an expedient please. way. I feel like yeah. the screen reader thing they'll fix really quickly. Yeah. I suspect the manual RSS feed thing will be. They're gonna a month drag their now. heels on the links and all the rest of that stuff. The the not important things. If but I can, feel like if they can get it to just be like readable blocks of text and yeah. not just a yeah. wall of just like, oh Jesus, who's doing what now? <laughs> If you want a good example of this, look up, um, um, what is Eric Schneider's Twitter? Hang on. I am Eric Schneider, S-C-H-N-E-I-D-E-R. This is uh, Eric, who is the uh, editor of Spirits and uh, works at Multitude. Yay. Eric is fantastic. Eric did a wonderful thread the day it came out about Luminary. And at the time, before a lot of this crap came out, he was mostly positive about it until he looked at the show notes for the newest episode of bright sessions and he takes a screenshot of it in um another podcast player <laughs> mm -hmm. to show how like ordered and formatted and there's like mm -hmm. 15 links that are all clickable and then you look at the luminary screenshot and it's just a wall of text no paragraph breaks nothing yikes yeah it's bad it's it is bad and so i've Two more questions. I guess I can run through them real quick because they Go for kind it. of tie into each other. All so, right. This is bad. You know, we've <laughs> yeah. we wouldn't be here if this wasn't bad, if this wasn't something that was kind of serious that we all need to sit down and suss out and see what's going on. One thing one thing I want to clarify real quick also, a lot of my ire comes from the the subscription fee to listen to the 40 shows because that makes this a paid app like you can you can say it has a free section all you want but that free section like any game ever made these days is made to drive you to pay for it so in the end it is a paid app in my mind if podcast addict launched today and it's just a dude with a patreon trying their best to make a show to, to make a show to make a podcast app that will pull iTunes and everyone all to and make them all play in the same space the way that podcast addicts kind of got this like thrown together feel to it there would not be this huge twitter shit fight over it yeah but it's it's they're making you essentially pay for things that have been free for quite a long time they're also you know because it is technically speaking a paid app like with spotify with Spotify, if you want your podcast to be hosted on Spotify, you have to opt into that. Because they're like, hey, we make people pay for this stuff. You have to opt into this. Yep. Luminary also, didn't do that. Luminary, I went and I looked it up. Luminary essentially took my shows and oh, yeah. put them on its app. And I was not asked to do that. And a lot of people oh, are yeah, really no, it's angry an opt about that. System. It's an opt-out system out system and that could you is... imagine if someone did that with youtube <laughs> no because it's 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 baffling but but the, the thing about that is that it's you know 
people statistically are significantly less likely to opt out of something. They are significantly more likely to op opt into a system, uh, which is, you know, why a lot of people will put things, set them up as opt out situations, because then you're kind of like, I'm too lazy and I don't really want to do the thing. But you can't, yeah. like, if, if, if 99% of the content that is currently on your app is free and you took it from someone and then you're like, hey, pay for this other stuff and you're using the free stuff to drive people to pay for stuff and the 99% of the people aren't getting paid to do the job for you, essentially, to do all of that marketing and pull people in and get you an audience that will eventually pay for the app... Mm -hmm. That's kind of fucked up. That wasn't my question, but I just want to say that's kind of fucked up. But so we have established. Your question, sorry, interrupted. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. That was a good interruption. And like, that's something that somebody out there is probably wondering about. So we have established that this is kind of bad. And, and they're not being clear about things. And it's. Frankly, the way that they have jumped into the podcasting community is reckless and it's irresponsible. My question is, is it dangerous? Are there any things that Luminary is doing in their behavior or their methodology that is potentially or actively harmful to the podcasting community? Either because other companies are going to, you know, see this model and copy it or use the examples that they are currently setting, or just because what they're doing is just actively terrible for podcasters. I have a I have a huge problem with how tech bros and startup culture in general carry themselves, especially in communities that make enough or are trying to make enough on their own just to kind of exist. Mm. Kind of like how big companies saw YouTube and went, yep, there we go. And then YouTube turned from, you know, a bunch of independent creators trying their their best to Jimmy Fallon clips dominating trending and all that. Mm. The problem here isn't necessarily that they will inspire more people to do what they're doing, but the problem is they the good part of paying creators a fair, a fair amount will get overshadowed by, oh, remember Luminary? They turfed out in, like, three months. Yeah, good thing no one's going to do that ever again. Like, mm. I worry that podcasts are going to see this and not and interpret it as podcasts aren't a profitable creative medium, medium like film or uh, books. I, I, I Again, this is me. I, I'm prone to conspiracy theories. I'm prone to assuming the worst. I just, I worry that all the negative press around it, people who aren't super into the industry will see it and go, well, I guess podcasts just full of a bunch of whiny Tumblr babies who don't want to make money, I guess. We just won't do this project that we were considering, you know. Uh, whenever, whenever you are the asshole, it's easy to assume the people who are mad at you are just getting touched off because you hit a nerve. I hope Luminary being sassy is that one is poor Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I just poor I Jim has been asked to make lemons out of or lemonade out of lemons, and they're trying their best. And they might have assumed Pod News was like this snarky, 
nobody and it turned out they're beloved by the industry <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's that that moment where you spit in somebody's face and then it flies back in the wind and hits you turns out turns out everyone else in the bar is that guy's best friend huh Turn, mm. yikes yeah woof woof so yeah in the same way that i hope this leads to more people getting paid i also worry that wow there was a company that had a hundred million dollars and they just couldn't crack it yeah because that's half a spotify acquisition <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's the thing is that you know people poured a a lot of money into Luminary, and it was a lot of money. They're gonna expect and not Luminary to make that money back. Uh, yeah, that's that's the thing that kind of worries me because I I am of the same mindset as you that you know people will will look at this and just say oh well you know we we tried to throw money at them and they didn't want it they won't look at the way that luminary attempted to approach the business they won't look at the flaws within the model itself or the way that they took off which are all correctable that's the thing that it's all correctable and hopefully luminary will like get their shit together yeah and and they will take off and then they'll be great and they will make friends in the podcasting community because it's possible we're nice. We're not always this snarky and mean. We don't. Jim, I swear, I Speak will buy yourself. you a drink. Okay. Well, listen. <laughs> Gavin is always this snarky. I'm. <laughs> I've been branded as a criminal by many, many people. But I swear, Jim, I will buy you a drink to make you feel better. We're not <sighs> always like this. Most of us. Most of the rest of the community is nicer than we are. So I have put a moratorium on my Twitter account where I'm not going to talk about Lumen, except for posting this episode. I'm not going to talk about Luminary anymore. Unless I did see like... that. I, I was, I was wondering if that was going to be true, but I have faith in you. I believe in you. They, you can post to my Twitter to... about it. <laughs> there has to be guest, guest written by the, the, <laughs> they have to fuck up on a level of removing links from show notes for me to tweet about it personally not just retweet someone else yeah uh because i find myself tunnel visioning on negative things a lot and i'm writing a show where the, the whole point is it's positive um listen you're balancing you're balancing it out i'm, it has I'm to go trying somewhere. it has <laughs> to go the, somewhere so i i find myself wondering this so i i assume hopefully our listeners are to some extent wondering what we can do uh in this moment and i guess the my i i I'll, I, I wonder what your thoughts are, Jordan, but my recommendation is if you have seen a, not a one month, but a three month code for Luminary, just kind of keep that in your back pocket uh, and just wait until the show you want to listen to has got all its stuff uploaded and then cash it in. I will eventually do this with Star Trek Discovery because I don't give a flying fuck about what CBS offers. Ugh, yeah. So sometime I will cash in my free month trial and do all of it. Uh, yep. I because those free month trials, as far as the advertising community at large is concerned, do count as a paid subscription. Like if someone signs up using my old Audible code for the Red Light Library, I get paid if they make an account. It's not if they buy a book. Uh, and I assume that's how these referral codes are working for the shows. I hope it's how they're working for the shows. Yeah, fingers so, crossed. You can support. You can kind of support them and not give Luminary your actual dollars, 
uh, and you will also have all the content you want. It'll just take longer, which does that is unfortunate, yes. Uh, but also, while waiting for that content to be made, go out on Twitter, go out on Tumblr, Pillow Fort, wherever. Interact with the community. Find creators you like. Find fans of shows you like. Find new shows. Talk about those. Share them. Not necessarily just the 40 that are paid on Luminary. Like, we all float together if we help each other. Uh... I know that's I know that's a, a a cheesy whitewashed view of it to some extent because we're all just friends here. I mean, there aren't there aren't people who are pissed at each other in podcasting or anything. <laughs> but like, it would be more profitable for everyone involved if we take the energy we're being mad at Luminary and just channel it into building one another up because that's the yeah. only way that. Yeah, there's this really interesting This show is thing. still on Luminary. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm going to keep you All of my shows are cuz I can't be fucked to write the email. I really cannot be fucked. And again, it's you know, someone new will come through Luminary. Someone will find your story through Luminary and if if we are, you know, storytellers and information sharers, ultimately isn't that what we want? And at the yeah. same time, we have to support one another in this community because, frankly, no one else is going to. And it's people like Lauren who are opening these doors to the wider world and to those bigger circles that are going to be the ones who turn around and and give a hand back and give a hand up to, to everybody else who's, you know, making making shows that get anywhere from, like, two downloads a, a month to, like, 200,000 downloads a month. Mm -hmm. We rely on one another, and it's it's the community that is going to suffer if we continue to tear down not only one another, but also people who are trying something. Like, shit, at least Luminary is trying something, you know? Which leads me to my final question, you know? Because uh, we've seen this model fail countless times before. Uh, and, and my question, I guess, to round it all out is what are they going to have to do to survive and what are they going to have to do to succeed? And is Fix there anything the they can do to help them succeed? Yeah. Give, I, I guess, I guess, what I guess the pro, uh, give clear feedback on social media and to their account, uh, the, the email, support email mm -hmm. about what you, what do you want to see? What's not there? I mean, plenty of people are being mean to them, justifiably. <laughs> like it's earned. It is <laughs> not. It's not necessarily justified that they're being mean to Jim, but being mean to the corporate entity that is Luminary for yeah, a lot of like people is totally entity. earned. Mark Sachs isn't reading any of this. You know, it's all Jim. <laughs> it's poor Jim. Be so nicer what, to Jim, you guys. I'm gonna endeavor guess, to be nicer to Jim. What sucks is me saying how to make it better is me saying give them your work for free because it's me saying, mm. actually, you know what? Pull your show. Fuck it. You can always ask them to add it later because they claim that we've had people ask to be added back once things were clarified. Uh, just pull your shit if you don't want on Luminary. I will not begrudge anyone for that. I know if I write the email and I get the passive-aggressive response back, I will tunnel vision again, and I don't want to, so yeah. I'm just going to leave. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it. Um, but you remove your shit, for sure. 
give feedback, I guess, but also that's your time and effort you're giving away for free. Uh, I just kind of be nice to people who make the things, I guess. Yeah. My, I guess my thing would be like, don't, don't take this out on the people who are, you know, creating things for Luminary. Because yeah. I promise you, I'll find you. Like, sorry. I'm not sorry, but I will go to bat for Lauren Shippen and anybody else who needs it. I'll go to bat for Trevor Noah. He doesn't need my help, but I'll give it. Trevor Noah made a podcast number one on iTunes that was literally just a trailer for his Luminary show. Yeah, he needs nothing from me. But because I- <laughs> so many people... So many people have no idea that it's a Luminary exclusive show. They subscribe to the yeah. feed that is literally <laughs> just a trailer, assuming it will have an episode. Oh, such hope. Lord. All right. Well, on the on the uh, pretense of making things better, um, we also <laughs> didn't do it. We also didn't do a shining moment because oh my God. I mean. I mean, I instantaneously derailed your entire podcast. No, it's format. not. No, it, it's not even that. I mean, we we had to kind of get on that. Yeah, um, no, Jordan. What's an awesome thing that's happened in the last couple of weeks? Oh, it, is it is it just in the realm of podcasting or in life in general? Yeah, I mean, if you got something awesome that wasn't podcasting relevant, we'll take it. <laughs> I I do. I I just got cast in a in a Shakespeare and Company production. Wow, so I'm gonna be. Working towards getting my equity card, and I'm very excited. Awesome. <laughs> I'm so excited. Ugh. Oh, and I finally finished um writing episode three of Descendants, because Jesus Christ, Ooh. that was taking so long. But it's done now, and I'm so excited. I, uh, I, I applaud your courage posting pictures of title pitches of scripts on Twitter. Just just to tease people. Just to tease it, it people. It teases people, but it also puts the onus on you to actually finish a damn script, and I'm terrified of that. Listen, it's it's <laughs> that's the only way you can get it done. Because people are like, hey, when's it coming out? And I'm like, I haven't even officially asked Daryl if he wants to do this with me. And <laughs> like, I'm not making this without his music, because like... Why would I ever? <laughs> but, you know, oof, she got to do it. She got to do it, folks. So two more episodes and then we're done and I can Woo. edit. Oh, God. Gavin, what was your shining moment? Um, I joined. OK, this isn't. I was, let's do let's do two not podcasting things. So she spent an hour and a half talking about shitty things in podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> I started that um, like this tweet, and uh, for each like, I will post a random song from my Spotify. Oh, yeah. It has been fun to, like, show revisit stuff I haven't looked at in forever and show people, like, here's what I listen to and think is good, uh, including a song from the Digimon movie soundtrack <gasps> to which... Oh, I uh, love Digimon. <laughs> oh, that was my shit when I was a kid. <laughs> Lucille Valentine liked it, and I was like, "Did you like that because of the song, or because it's the album art for the Digimon movie?" And Lucille <laughs> went, "Oh, one hundred percent for Digimon." <laughs> oh, I love Lucy. Lucy's fantastic. Oh. Uh, so, Jordan, let's recommend a couple podcasts for people. Wait, to you said to. you had two, or was Lucy the second one? Lucy can be the second one. Lucy's Lucy's the second one because Lucy's fucking awesome. Also, Lucy is in a thing I will be plugging at the end of this episode. So, haha, uh, <laughs> accidental synergy. Fantastic. 
Um, uh-huh. Ooh, okay, so my recommendation um, is uh, it's a nonfiction podcast that I've been supremely obsessed with for <laughs> so many weeks now. But um, the Right Now podcast with uh, Sarah Werner of Girl oh, in yeah. Space. It's, it's this, I have been going through this. I, I've caught up and I'm just devastated by the fact that I've caught up. Um, but, but it's, doesn't doesn't that suck sometimes? (laughs) Oh my God. I finished and I texted her and I was like, but, but Sarah, I need more. And she just laughed at me. (laughs) Um, so it's a, a bi-weekly ish podcast where Sarah essentially sits down and chats with you for about half an hour, 45 minutes or so about, um, all the things that go into writing that no one ever necessarily talks about to just sort of encourage aspiring and just all writers to write every day um and i found it tremendously inspirational you know she talks about what to do when you're feeling imposter syndrome and uh when you hit writer's block when you just don't feel like writing every day um or does music help you write and just all the little tiny things and it's just so nice to know that Someone like Sarah, who has such a just warm and wonderful positive energy to her, is also going through all of the awful, awful things that you are encountering when you are writing. And it just feels like there's such a sense of solidarity and she makes you feel like you can write anything for any amount of time. And it's just so incredible. It's so good. She's so good. I love her so much. Sarah's awesome. (laughs) Mm, The best. The best. All right, uh, let's see. How about a horror? Let's do some horror. Uh, the SCP Archives podcast is awesome. Ooh. This is from the people that brought you Lake Clarity. Uh, it's, uh, this is what happens when I lose my notes. <laughs> and by lose my notes, I mean I didn't open up the... So, so uh, for those who haven't heard of SCP before, um, it is Secure, Contain, Protect. It is a... It is a fictional X Filesy kind of organ. It's like the organization from Monsters Inc. Actually, with like the the where they like contain all the kid stuff. Oh my god! <laughs> um, but it but it, but in the the idea that there are all these horrible things out in the world or un, un not understood things that need containment and uh, need to be secured, and you got to protect the public at large. The Men in Black, but, like, more horror-focused, I guess would be a good way of putting it. Um, what it actually is is a wiki where people can add their creepypasta stories and then present it in the format of, this is a slightly redacted recounting of everything this organization knows about this place, monster, whatever. And what can be an SCP varies wildly. There's some really famous ones that have had vi- full video games about just one. There's a video game that someone made that is like, you are in the facility and it is full of different uh, SCPs that could be turned into video game enemies uh, that can kill you in all sorts of horrible ways. Uh, this podcast adaptation is amazing and it is essentially a uh, it is Pacific Obadiah of Pacific Obadiah works on it. A lot of other people work on it too. It is effectively dramatic readings of these SCP files. The first episode is about one of the most famous ones, SCP-087, which is a stairway that just goes down. 
and there seems to be no end to it, and some teams that have been sent down to find the bottom haven't come back. I don't like that. There, there's actually a video game adaptation of this, which is brilliant, because it is literally just two segments of stairwell that keep spawning a new one underneath and deloading the one above. So you walk down for like 45 minutes oh. and it's dark. And then you get to the bottom and there's a hallway and a really bad JPEG of a ghost comes at you. It's really, it's a, it's a, it does not, it, the ending's not worth it, but the creepy atmosphere of it while you're playing it is beautiful. There are six episodes up one two three four six. yeah there are six real episodes and an april fool's episode <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, wonderfully produced um there is the hard to destroy reptile uh and the plague doctor uh if you know anything about you know popular entries in this wiki those are gonna stand out to you if you've never read them before it's a great way to consume it it's just a fun horror podcast and it's a it's a it's a little bit of a different spin than you usually get in spooky, creepypasta reading shows. Oh, I like that. I don't... Oh, I, and, I'm and the title sad. is SCP Archives, just to repeat it at the end. Oof, yeah. I, I'm such a baby. I really try to avoid horror podcasts, which is... I've been told incredibly ironic, and I understand that, but like, oh, <laughs> yeah. God... I hate it so much. I get so scared. It's not scary when you know what's happening. Uh, oh, I I beg to differ. I beg to differ. <laughs> oh, the number of text messages Julia Shafini has gotten from me listening back to edits of Giannis. And I'm just like, no, I love you. And this is so great. But I hate this. <laughs> I um, yeah, I couldn't listen to, to Entry 12. I threw my phone across the room multiple times trying to listen to that. I think I remember you posting about that on Twitter. Oh, I get so scared. And it doesn't make a difference. I sit there and I'm like, I know that the jump scare is coming. I know that it's coming. I just And then it happens and I scream. And I'm like, girl, you wrote this and recorded this. You knew. <laughs> when you get when we get to plugs at the end, y'all need to follow Jordan on Twitter because uh, Jordan and Julia's interactions as they <laughs> share each other's texts about making a show are oh, amazing. God. Oh, Jordan, what do you, what would you like to recommend? Oh, oh, um, has anybody done Star Called yet? No, actually, I've got oh, it in my feed. My I haven't listened to it yet. Oh my god, I I've heard good things. It's it's some of the best produced audio that I have ever heard in my life and it's such a gripping story every time a new episode comes out I'm automatically texting Anthony I'm like Anthony Anthony you gotta listen Anthony it's so good um Anthony Olivieri of, of 2298 Limbo and like the 600,000 other podcasts he does um but so Star Called is uh so it's it's a another space podcast I'm so bad at explaining what it's about um, essentially, it's set in the far future. There has been some sort of a war that has already occurred. And um, the focus of the story is about this colony on this sort of dust stormy desert planet. Um, and I think the people who live, I always get mixed up who's who. But there's a, so there's a colony that is on the planet and they are kind of having some sort of a civil war. And there is a um, a ship from the uh, 
the colonial fleet. Jesus, thank you. Okay, so the, the colonial fleet has basically come to put down this civil war. Um, and this is between two very alien species. There are some people, uh, there's one species that's like kind of reptilian, and then there's one that are very um, insectoid. And it is some of the most gripping audio sequences that I have ever heard in my entire life. It is such a good story. These episodes are like an hour long and every time one is over, I just want to cry because I want more. There are, oh, there are only four episodes out right now and it's driving me absolutely mad. It is so good though. And it's, it's this massive, massive cast of characters um, because you've got pretty much everybody who is up you know on these colonial fleet ships um then you've also got this very small crew um that rapidly gets kind of broken up after like the first or second episode of you know like you do people people die in this and it is great um it, it's violent so if you don't like violent shows but like also listen to it because oh my god um uh <laughs> so you've got this uh very small crew that um i think they were originally supposed to do some sort of an assassination and it went horribly wrong and they got captured and it was awesome uh and then you've got the people who are the colonists and also the people who are in um fighting the the civil war against the main uh body of these colonists and it's it's such an intricate fun little story and it's oh my god i just i don't have words i don't have words it's just so 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 good the music is fantastic it, the production values are mind-bogglingly out of this world like i don't i don't understand like who gave them the hundred million dollars to make this because like wow it was put to good use Wow, it was put to good use. And just the acting is great. Ugh. And one of the best uh, implementations of a narrator that I've heard in, in audio fiction, in really in across all shows that I've listened to, Starcalled is my number one go-to. It's probably, one, it's, it's definitely top three favorite podcasts that I listen to. Awesome. Yep. Well, it... <laughs> In the in the spirit of uh, ending things on a more positive note, I'm going to recommend Star Tripper here in a second. Oh, but yes! since you hit, but since you hit on that like people fucking die note, <laughs> uh, I have I have to renew my earlier few episodes back recommendation for the Hyacinth Disaster, which is Ooh, an eight part yes. show that I would liken to Titanic in the sense of dread that you have while listening to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, people get fucked up in that show. It is haunting in its masterful execution of drama. There's a there's a scene where uh, a character has to navigate his his suit's visors oh, closed, oh God. and he can't see. And you know what happened. Uh-huh. Uh, you Jordan know what happens here. I'm not gonna spoil what happens in that scene, but. It's from a from a framing standpoint, you, the listener, are hearing a character who is now unable to see have to navigate a 3D space through other people using an exterior camera that the person in the suit can't see. Yeah. Oh, and it is show. and you 
not once are you lost in that scene. It is a complicated thing to write. And even it's, harder uh, it's, to execute. It's eight parts. The sound designing fan. It's kind of, it, the show just kind of exists. It, uh, it's amazing. It is dark. It is sad. It, it has one of the most bittersweet endings. I don't want to spoil anything, but the last line will hit you in the gut, motherfucker. And there's no way to get away from it. Uh, yeah, it hits you when you're already on the floor. <laughs> it's the hyacinth disaster. The word hyacinth is like the flower. Now, to recommend Star Tripper. Star Tripper is the breath of fresh air. It, it is the uh, it, it is the level of positivity and fun I aspire to when I make standard docking procedure. Star Tripper is about uh, Festin, who is a wor- uh, workaday uh, corporate drone who decides, fuck it. I want to actually live my life. And he just cashes out and buys a a fun little spaceship that's the same model as the one from a serial he watched when he was a kid. Uh, and it has this fun AI. And they go off on just adventures. And it's a fun... Sh- it has two exclamation points in the title. Like, that's how unabashedly fun it is. It's so good. It's so good. That is... That's my number one favorite podcast. I met julian mundy and uh ian McEwen at podcon and unfortunately when i first met julian mundy i was very drunk so i just <laughs> cried at him and like on him for hours and he was very accommodating of that but i was just like weeping and telling him how much star tripper meant to me because i have always always wanted to pull a fest and just like hop on a train and just go somewhere and have adventures and so having a show that's just that oh hardcore seconding star tripper it is such a good show i didn't get to meet ian McEwen, unfortunately i probably would have geeked out so fucking hard oh my god uh, i was on Agent Green. a panel uh, with him and i <laughs> yeah i was just like why am i here that's ian McEwen. and then i got to be on no sleep with him and i was like i nice why why me i will i will say the only time i've had significant imposter syndrome was when I was at PodCon, and I walked by the Whisper Forge booth, and Julian was like, oh, you make standard docking procedure, and he had listened to the pilot, and he was talking <laughs> about liking it, and I'm sitting here like, you make Star Tripper? Focus on that. Let's talk about Star Tripper. <laughs> oh my god, that's so real. That's such a real feeling. Oh. You make the real one, so let's talk about the real one. <laughs> not, not my dumbass, so. <sighs> Uh, now that we've done some recommendations, it's the part of the show where we talk about where we can be found on the internet. Jordan, where can people follow you oh, okay. and your work? That, oof. Let, wait, where? Good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you can find me on pretty much all social medias uh, at Inkphemeral, which is I-N-K-P-H-E-M-E-R-A-L. It's like ephemeral, but with ink, um, because I thought I was being clever, but now I people ask me this question, and I'm like, but shit, I can't spell. <laughs> um, you can find all of my work. I, I created um, Giannis Descending and Here Be Dragons. Um, pretty much all of my work that I'm doing from here on out uh, is going to be under the umbrella of No Such Thing Productions, so you can find that uh 
at nosuchthingradio.com. And that has links to, like, Patreon and all of the shows and fun stuff like that. Yay! There'll be links to all that in the show notes if you're not listening on Luminary. And if you are listening on Luminary, Sorry. I applaud your commitment to the bit. Hey, <laughs> you can find us on Luminary. You can find us there. <laughs> Although it will credit Jordan and not no such thing. Yes, it, it was all me. I did it. 100%. I, on my own. It was great. All right. Uh, people can find me at the Potterport everywhere uh, on Twitter and at my website, The Potterport. But more importantly, the Patreon for Standard Docking Procedure has been launched, uh, which comes which comes with a... Uh, we just uploaded to the main RSS feed for like the show, the first episode of a Patreon-exclusive behind-the-scenes series where my fiancé basically interviews me about the making of SDP. That's fun. But the episode is done. Uh, the new episode comes out next... Uh, the Thursday after this goes up, May 2nd, which you can listen to now if you go pledge on Patreon, yada, 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 all that stuff. So instead of plugging my site, I'm just going to plug patreon.com slash dockingpod, D-O-C-K-I-N-G-P-O-D. Uh, there's a bunch of goofy stuff, Discord access, outtakes, all that. Um, yeah, it's starting to be a real show capital r <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited for a standard docking procedure that pilot has me hyped i'm here for it as as someone who is now making a thing my brain is broken because it's like i it's it's like i watched endgame when it came out and no one else has you know like mm-hmm. i know what happens to all these characters i know what the next episode is but y'all fuckers can't catch up until i do something about it yeah oh oh uh i'm i'm in the scripting process right now so i understand nope <laughs> i get that Ooh, it's so real all right uh we'll leave you all there jordan thank you so much for joining us absolutely uh, thanks anytime I'm sure Will is uh, uh, deep into a cocktail or asleep by now. Oh, please. <laughs> Two cocktails and Hopefully. asleep. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for listening, everybody. Whether you're listening on Luminary Pocket or Podcast Addict, the website for some reason, we love you. You're, we're all doing what we can. See you next time. <laughs>